Last week we talked about bad words, and this week we're going to talk about good words, according to Proverbs. I wanted to begin, um, and this kind of is applicable for both good words and bad words, but uh, Jesus has a really powerful statement to make about uh, words in Matthew chapter 12, and I feel like it's worth sharing. Um, I think one of the things I've said before is, is we read we read the book of Proverbs through the lens of Jesus. We read all of the Old Testament and all the New Testament through the lens of Jesus as Christians, um, understanding that Scripture points to Jesus and and that we can we read script we read Scripture all of Scripture with Jesus in mind. And so when we hear, like I think what I've mentioned before is when we hear uh, about Lady Wisdom, we we as Christians would say that's Jesus. You know, right? And obviously, there's that's an analogy, lady wisdom. But um, for us as as Christians, Jesus becomes the embodiment of of wisdom. I'm trying to find that text, it, it looks like I got lost. Uh, it comes from Matthew chapter twenty or chapter twelve, and it. Uh, I'm going to start at verse thirty three and just hear these words that Jesus says. Very strong words. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Another translation that I really like is, is the, the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So other translations say, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone who everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Very strong words, right? Uh, pointing all the way to, to final judgment, being closely connected to how we use our words. So and so we look at Proverbs and we see the theme, and we've already looked at, I think we've seen a couple of these Proverbs in previous lessons. Um, we talked about bad words last week. And so we, we look at the theme of, of words and talking and using our mouths as um, particularly of an importance. Proverbs does as well, but, but we, we, we look through it through the lens of what Jesus just said to us that... Um, it will be judged in the end by good, uh, th- those good things and bad things that come out of our mouth. Um, I've always liked that passage, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Powerful way of, of, of thinking about it. Um, with that in mind, I want us to think as we turn more to a positive view of words, because the, again, there's, this very, this, there's a lot of words that can be bad, a lot of words that are not um, considered uh, good that are considered bad words according to proverbs um and, and really what we what i tried to highlight last week is it's not so much the word itself that's bad but it's the way that it's used right and, and, and the way that we speak to one another and, and use our words that results in bad things um and the same really can be said for good words so i want us to think about can you think of a time when words produced something good and how did those words accomplish that Coach Ball teams, you know, where 
no, uh, you know, keeping them pumped up, you know. Mm. You know, about, you know, about playing, you know, yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, I know, I've seen, I've seen, like I said, I've seen some coaches, you know, do, uh, you know, just, Shout and holler, you know, blah, 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 anyway, but, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of good, you know, good words, and, you know, you know, pump the team up, you know. Yeah. And, you know, they, and they play better. Right. Harder, yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a good example. That's a kind of a classic, like anytime you see a sports movie, there's always going to be some speech, you know, at some point in that movie that gets them going, right? Right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. And I thought of that you said is I remember being playing football playing football. I had a, a set of coaches that were the negative reinforcement kind like you're talking about. I ended up putting football never going back. Yeah, well then. you know, it's always uh <laughs> depending on the sport, uh, but there's always you know, different kinds of uh you know, feedback you give to players, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, right. You know, you know, if they mess up, you can't say good job. Right, yeah. <laughs> they didn't do a good job. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, but you got you to gotta correct them one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely, you know? yeah. So, you know, most of the coaches I've ever dealt with more like a drill sergeant, you know. Mm -hmm. but, they, but they had a way of, you know, they had a way of, you know, pumping you up and getting you ready to play, so. Joel, can you help with the sports? We got yep. two other adults that are having to deal with another. All right. Well, <laughs> anyways, speaking of sports. <laughs> <laughs> Pump them up. Pump them up. That's right. Oh, Go encourage them. Yeah, I think that's a good example. There's other, um, I'm sure we think of other things uh, the way if you've ever had to organize people or lead people. Um, similar things apply there. Well, let's uh, look at the first two Proverbs, which is one one after the other. But I really kind of, they're connected, but I really see them as separate Proverbs. I don't, we're not going to look at them separately. We're going to look at them together. But I really do see them as separate. So um, if somebody will read uh, verse 20 there, and then somebody else will read verse 21 for me. So I really think, uh, looking at these two separately, because I think, again, they're connected. They're one after the other. So clearly there's a connection there. Um, we see the word uh, fruit in both of those. We see the word, uh, you know, reference to the mouth and the tongue in each of those, the lips. Um, but just thinking about these two separately, what, what do you think these Proverbs mean? And maybe the, the first two, the first line and the last line as I'm looking at it. I do see these as separate, but those, those lines, the stomach is satisfied by the fruit of the mouth, and those who love it will eat its fruit. There's clearly a bookend connection there to, to, these, to, to these two Proverbs. What do, what do you think is meant by that? Because I read that, and I kinda, I've kind of struggled with it a little bit. I'm not quite sure I'm understanding that. 
those who love it, assuming the tongue, um, will eat its fruit, which then we're told, we're told at the beginning, the stomach is satisfied by the fruit of the mouth. So what do you think is meant by that? Good words are satisfied. Okay. Well, mine says it differently. Uh, uh, that second part of 20 says the yield of the lip br- lips brings satisfaction. Yeah, that, yeah, satisfying comes. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand the satisfying income. Unless you're thinking income is an income. Yeah, I, I think that that was part of my confusion with it as well. I think it's actually more, I think that the original language is. Um, if I remember correctly, I, th- I think I glanced at that. And I do think it's more of income, like you would think it is. Um, I don't know. Any other thoughts on that? Because we get I, the... Sorry, go ahead. I was just thinking, well, when it says those who love it will eat of its fruits, I thought of those who love life will hmm. eat of its fruits, possibly. Um yeah. But when you, I, I think it's an income and out, an, out, an income and an outgoing as well, because you bring in the fruits, you know, bringing good, you know, satisfaction or however you say it, and uh, and but where do you get those fruits from? You get it from positive things in life, the sweet things in life. Because the pot, because that that's it, it makes me think of garbage in and garbage out. Okay. If you love life and you're and you are positive about life and you see the good in life, then that translates into a positive outlook in life. Yeah. Um, so the lips bring satisfaction from the, this 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 positive outlook on things. It's it's like a cyclical thing, you know. You right, bring sure. in the good, and then then you produce the goods at that point. It is just a cyclical thing. That's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. I think as as you're talking there, it makes me think. I was just kind of thinking, processing. I wonder if. if what the proverb is imagining is that there's two people here. <laughs> mm. um, there's the one whose stomach is satisfied by the good words, and then there's the other one who's actually doing the talking, right? Um, and so maybe it's it's not like I'm satisfied by my or I don't know. It's either I'm satisfied by my own good words when I speak well, my own, you know, I'm, and maybe it's both. Maybe it's not either or. Maybe it's both. And and I would say that pro- it is true that it is both. I don't know what the proverb is trying to say, um, but it seems like it. What it would what it would be implying is is that my stomach, metaphorically speaking, right, is satisfied by your good words, right? Um, maybe we could say that, that still it's still true as well. My stomach is also satisfied by my own good words as well. By my own. Um, speaking well. And maybe it goes back to that passage from Jesus saying, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. It kind of overflows out of us. Um, and then certainly uh, the word income is an interesting word there uh, to explore. Um, 
And so perhaps part of what that would connect Proverbs is often connecting uh, sort of the spiritual element of wisdom to the very real-life practical function of, of living, right? And we need income to live, and so that might be part of that there as well, connecting yeah, I, it. I heard an old, <clears throat> old proverb or saying, whatever you want to call it, says what what enters the mouth, you see how it goes, is not what enters the mouth that defiles the soul, it's what cometh out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what comes out comes from the heart. Right. What comes in goes to the stomach. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think Jesus says something along those lines. Um, he's talking about the Pharisees; they're worried about purity in in their eating, right? Uh, I think it's about washing hands. They're they're bothered by somebody not washing their hands before they ate. Um, yeah, and and yeah, Jesus again is there speaking to their words. You know, when, when, a long time ago, that was a, a thing. Everybody washed their hands before they ate. Mm -hmm. When I was a little little bit of kid. I always had to wash my hands before we get to the table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, I think that's good. Those are those are good proverbs to even look at more and consider what they mean. Um, well, let's look at these other proverbs, and I'll read one, and again, we'll just, if you feel led to read one, feel free. So I'll, I'll begin. To give an appropriate answer is a joy. How good is a word at the right time? Blessed words which are flowing honey, sweet to the taste and healing to the bones. Those who speak honestly are like those who kiss holy lips. Words spoken at the right time are like gold apples in silver in a silver setting. Wise correction to an ear that listens is like gold earrings or jewelry. All right, so looking at those Proverbs together, what characteristics do good words display? Nice things. Yeah, okay. Nice, good, and beautiful things, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Fifteen twenty-three kind of just describes it generally as a joy. You know how good is a good or how good is a word at the right time, and then the the other ones are more like sort of analogies using the language of flowing honey, uh, sweet and and healing. Um, the analogy of the kiss on the lips, um, like golden apples. Uh, golden earrings and jewelries of fine gold. So this analogy of these beautiful things, right, in life, these tasty things, these sweet things in life, yeah. Um, so here's interesting. 
We need to think about last week. I got to go back to last week, all right? Um, so last week we read Proverbs 29, 5. And that proverb described um, flattery as often in the category of bad words. Oftentimes flattery, when we flatter others with our words, when we receive flattery, um, it, I believe the, the language is the analogy of the net, right? It's like setting a net before someone. So so. What seems good, right, like flattery, that saint, seems like a good thing. We compliment someone, over, overly compliment someone, right? We talked about it last week. It seems like a good thing, but it's actually a trap. Uh, that's the description of a net. So the question then becomes, how can we, I mean, now we've just heard good things, good words described as attract, attractive, as sweet, as good, as, as pleasing, as um, attractive, right? So how can we distinguish between flattery in, a, in that sense and good words um, that are described specifically in 16, 24, and 25, 11? Really all of these. I think that's probably that it, it. A lot of times, proverbs we read proverbs and we see it sort of as these, um, these sort of applicable in all circumstances, right? And we have to be a little bit careful with that. And we have this dichotomy of good and bad. Sometimes flattery can be okay, right? So we wouldn't say flattery is always bad, um, but over like a, a, an overabundance of flattery. Um, a lot of times there's, um, I think what we talked about last week is a lot of times there's intent behind it, right? Somebody's trying to get something from you. Um, if, if they're, you know, being over flattering and that's what that, where that net comes in, right? Where we might get sucked into someone flattering us a lot and it results in um, our pain and our hurt later on because they weren't being honest. They wanted something from us, right? And so being able to distinguish that, are you just trying to get something from me? Right, um, I, I think there's any number of circumstances where we can experience that, um, where people are saying things. I mean, I think of a young relationship, a couple. Right, a lot of times this can happen, where one one of the one of the people in the in the couple are are saying nice things and flattering the the other because they want something. Right, they're trying to get something out of it, um, and so. Uh, so, so obviously, we ha I think part of what it requires is us discerning whether or not the person has got evil intent behind their flattery, right? If they're just trying to get something from us, at that point, it becomes um, a net where it looks good, right? But there's a trap there. And so distinguishing between things that are actually beautiful and actually attractive, like the way that good words are being described in all of those proverbs, and between something that 
merely appears nice, right? I mean, that's that's described throughout Proverbs, right? You, I mean, that you have you have lady wisdom and lady uh, foolishness, right? And and the way that foolishness is described in that analogy is as beautiful, right? And and you know, having a you know a sort of luring and, and attractive thing, and so. Um, so that, that kind of fits in that theme of what Proverbs is already describing foolishness in. So learning to discern between foolishness and wisdom, between good good words, good good uh, speech and evil speech um, requires a lot of skill. Um, like we talked about last week, bad words, bad speech isn't always going to be obvious to us. Um, and that that's tough. It's a, it's a part of living and part of discerning. Um, I want to think about this metaphor um, in 24, 26. It says, those who speak honestly are like those who kiss on the lips. I think one way, one way that can help us understand this proverb is by thinking about this question. Um, who do we normally share kisses on the lips with? Your spouse. Right, your spouse. Right? So I feel like that probably is a pretty good key to, um, to, to win honesty is particularly um, is particularly life giving, right? And now again, it's a metaphor. And so what I would what I would take that metaphor as is um, obviously, you know, we don't kiss people on the lips just because we have an intimate relationship with them. You might have a close friendship with someone. That doesn't mean you kiss them on the lips. But if we expand that 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 description of of sharing a kiss on the lips with, and just meaning in this metaphor. People that we are we are close with, people who we, we share our life with closely, right? So not just our spouse. Um, people who, who don't have spouses would be excluded from this. Then they can't receive honesty. From, but rather, the metaphor is describing anybody, people in our lives that we are intimate with, that we are close to, receiving honesty from from them is is like a kiss on the lips, right? It's it's intimate. It's um, it's valuable to us. Um, and, and thinking about that, how, how so? How do you think? Um, how do you think receiving honesty, specifically from those that we know closely, that are our close friends and, and relatives or spouses, how how is that um, life giving for us? Yeah, one of the things, uh, and this, I really am asking this question differently than I have it written, but how are honest, um, another translation of that word might be candid or straightforward. How, how is an honest or candid or straightforward answer like a kiss on the lips? those same lines how is a how is wise correction verse 25 or verse uh, 12 of chapter 25 how is wise 
Wait a minute, I wrote down the wrong number there. 2512, sorry. How is wise correction like jewelry or fine gold? It's really the same question, right? <laughs> Let me ask another question um, along these same lines. Is an honest answer or wise correction, is that always obviously pleasant? Does that question make sense? Yeah, it is. It makes sense. Sometimes no. it doesn't. Yeah. It is what you want to hear. Right. So, so I think, I think that sometimes we read the Proverbs or a proverb, and a lot of the reason that we can read it so, so often as we can read it and, and it kind of has a click for us, and, and like I think I've described them before, it's almost like a quip. You know, you say something really quick, and the reason that we are able to hear it and receive it so well is because we're like, yeah, that's right. That's true. That, that is how it is, right? And, and a lot of times... Um, it's just a way of describing something we have already internalized in ourselves. But I think what's really helpful about this proverb, and, and, and think about all of these proverbs from, from the six, chapter 16, 24, those four proverbs, they're, they're, very, they're using a lot of analogies, right? And I think it's because a lot of times we read a proverb and it feels like, yeah, that, that, that is my experience in life. Right, It is my experience in life that flattery can sometimes be like a net. I've been flattered by some, somebody before, and it turned out to be they just wanted something out of me. Right? We, can set, we can connect it to an experience in our life really easily a lot of times. But I think a lot of times what the Proverbs are trying to do is to say that, hey, if, if you're intimate with someone, right? and, and that, that language of intimacy is, is, is broad, right? not just romantically intimate, not just spouse Right, but if you are intimate, if you have an intimate relationship with someone, whether it be a friendship or 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 a other form of relationship, any any form of friendship, deep friendship, and you receive honest correction from them, you receive wise correction, an honest opinion from them, even if it doesn't doesn't feel pleasant, it is it is good, right? Um, and, and, and which, I mean, we need to acknowledge is sometimes people can be wrong, right? They can, and that goes to another question. Sometimes, it, sometimes it's, it's like wrong and you might can respond that way. But what the proverb is telling us is even it is, it doesn't, it might not feel like a, a kiss <laughs> on the lips. It might not feel pleasant, but it is, right? It's telling us that it is a fine jewelry, right? And we have to see it as such, Right. Um, and so I don't know if that makes sense, but what I, what, I, what I really am trying to communicate there is that um, I think what the proverb is doing there in these particular proverbs is, is saying that we need this analogy to help us understand that even when things, so, I mean, we talked about last week, flattery, which appears good on the surface, but it really is a net, it's a trap. Um, the same can be true for good words, just the reverse. Something can seem unpleasant to us. The proverb is saying, but in reality, it is pleasant. We have to see it that way. Because I think, I mean, we, can, we, we might have be close to someone in our lives that we offer rebuke to out of love, 
right? We try to offer correction to out of love with the intentions of their wisdom, trying to help them be wiser, help, trying to help them live on a better path than where they are at. And their reaction is anything but like someone receiving a kiss, maybe receiving an unwanted kiss, and maybe that's what it is. It's an unwanted kiss. Sometimes, I mean, if you get kissed on the lips, you didn't want it. <laughs> that's not pleasant at all. But, um, but it, it, you know, there are going to be instances where we're either on the giving end or the receiving end of an honest answer or a, a straightforward correction. And I'm kind of mixing those descriptions there. Um, and it's not going to be, it's not going to feel like a kiss to us. Um, and so I, I, maybe there's a proverb I can't think of one right now that does this well, but and I know there is. I know there is. There's going to be Proverbs that say a fool person, we looked at them a couple weeks ago, a foolish person doesn't want to hear this, right? What I can't, I'm not going to be able to remember it right off the top of my head. If I had one of the one from two weeks ago, I'd be able to tell you. The foolish person only wants to hear their opinion, right? That's, that's something along those lines is how the proverb goes. Foolish person is not interested in hearing things that rebuke them. Um, and so, again, the point of the Proverbs, we, are, we also read this several weeks ago, is that it's not just for wise people. Proverbs isn't just for wise people. It tells us it's also for the foolish. It's also for the, the ignorant, those that have not come to wisdom yet, those that are still learning in life, right? Um, and so, so if you're a fool reading Proverbs, the point of this is to say, hey, you remember that time your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, your your uh, rabbi, whoever, uh, corrected you, it felt painful. You might not have liked it, and you might have even responded poorly to them. You may have gotten mad at them for rebuking you or for correcting you. But in reality, that was a kiss. That was good for you. That was, they, they were doing that because they love you. They, you know, it was like golden apples on a silver setting. It was like jewelry or fine gold, right? Um, and so the, the proverb becomes very much for, for unwise people, more so than, than people who are, who are already um, on the path to wisdom. Those that are on the path to wisdom can say, yeah, I, I believe that. I, I believe strongly that correction is, is good for me. Um, but people that are not, they're responding in a very defensive way of saying, nope, uh, you know, maybe even turning it back on you, trying to make you feel guilty, trying to make you feel bad. Um, trying to tear you down because you dared correct them out of love um, because they're not receiving it as that, right? They're receiving it. They're not receiving it at all, right? They're rejecting it. And, and um, they, need to, they need to be taught by the Proverbs that this is offered to you in love. I'm not doing this because I want to spite you. I'm not doing this because of anything except that I love you and I think that the way that you're going is, is wrong, right? <clears throat> Um, I think that's 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 an important part of this, and sorry for for rambling on about that, but I think it's it's a really key part because it doesn't it's not always going to feel like that. Honesty is not always going to feel like a kiss on the lips. Um, just like flattery isn't always going to have good intentions, it's very often going to have negative intentions. So those those two things reverse, right? They they flip on their head um, when we think about them. Um, any thoughts on that while I was talking? Let's look at uh, 17.10. 
A rebuke goes deeper to an understanding person than a hundred lashes to a fool. There we go. There's the proverb I was looking for. <laughs> um, uh, goodness, I feel like I just spoke so much about this without even remembering that that proverb was right there glancing at it. So now, I'll, uh, maybe if you want to just share your own thoughts on this. How does this proverb help us understand the previous proverb or previous question? You know what? I remember I wrote down, I was working on this today and I told myself, I'm going to come to this question, the wise correction, like fine jewelry and honest, and I'm going to end up answering that question. I know I'm going to do it. I'm, that's what I did. Sorry. <laughs> Nobody likes to be rejected. Yeah. So that's one of the things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah, rejection is hard. Rebukes are hard. <clears throat> How do we get to the point where a rebuke, I mean, this description, a rebuke goes deeper to an understanding person. Now, what I understand about that line is, is to saying that it, it goes deep into us. If you rebuke me because I'm living in a certain way and I'm a wise or understanding person, then it's going to go, it's going to sink in deep. I might not like it at first, but I'm going to recognize it as helpful to me. And it's going to, it's going to be good for me. I'm going to recognize that. How do we get to that point? Being able to re receive rebuke. Prayer. Prayer. Oh, good. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, if you've got your heart right. Yeah. You can receive. Good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the, the word that came to my mind is humility, right? Which I believe what that, I mean, prayer, ultimately the goal, a major goal of prayer is to create our, our create a, a humble heart, right? Um, yeah, that's good. I just want to sit on that for a minute. Sorry if there's any other answers. I want to give you a chance. But I want to sit on that for a minute because um, that doesn't just happen, right? You don't, you don't have your heart right. Or you don't have a humble spirit. Um, it doesn't just happen, right? Uh, prayer, you know, that, that, that does, that requires something from us, right? It requires our time. It requires our commitment. I think that's important. I remember having a time with my kids to, with teaching them to listen. Because I would try to explain something to them and they'd interrupt me every few seconds. I know that. I know that. I know that. Yeah, yeah. And it took a while to get them to realize that yes, you may know that piece of information I'm giving you now, but it will most likely link to something that you don't know, and if you don't put the link together, you're not going to know the final outcome. I had to teach, I had to work with them on that a lot. Yeah. And, and I know, I know from experience that, that it's hard. It's hard, <coughs> hard to listen to somebody tell you back something you know without responding, well, I know that. Yeah. Um, and I found, I found out since I've learned how to 
listen to things that I think I know, and I say, I think I know for a reason, because a lot of times there will be pieces of truth in it that I hadn't heard before, right. different facets and aspects. Yeah. And so you have <clears throat> a foolish person will not listen because they think they already know it. Right. Yeah. And and so so you have so you have this uh, rebuke goes into a deep understanding. It, it it goes deeper to an understanding person. And I had interestingly I had it's kinda like talking about my kids. One of my kids, if I did spanking, he just made them matter and didn't have, didn't do anything. They just repeat whatever it was because he just made them mad. But if that did that child, if I put him in a seat in a corner with nothing to do, it tortured them and would correct them. While the other child was the opposite. If I put him in a corner, it didn't bother them. They were glad to be quiet and alone. And it wouldn't correct their behavior. But if I spanked them, it wouldn't take a lick, hardly, and they would have corrected it. So, and I don't want to say who is who, and, <laughs> but, but that's the way it goes with the, with the wise and the foolish. With the wise, you can correct them this way, and it works. But if you try to do them some other way, you know, if you, if you try to correct them as you would a fool, it may or may not work. Mm. Yeah, so there's a there's a, some wisdom that is required from the, which I mean I think that's part of the assumption behind these proverbs is that, um, why right it's it's not even an assumption it's very clear wise correction right, um, uh, words spoken at the right time right and maybe maybe another way that I think that not to add words to the proverb but to say correct words at the correct time, right? Um, and I think that's probably what it's getting at is, is, is words that are needed at spoken at the right time are like gold apples, right? Um, honesty, right? Not flattery, which is which can have a little bit of honesty in it, but it can also be um, be not true, right? Um, so, so, the, so obviously there is a, there's some wisdom behind what's going on there, clearly. Um, and, which kind of goes into the next question. How can we know if a rebuke is, is just or unjust? And maybe an, another way to say that in, in more proverb language is, how can we know if a rebuke is wise or unwise? Sometimes it's the way you say it. Okay. You know, when you're talking to somebody, and uh, for whatever reason, the way you uh, speak oftentimes makes a difference. Yeah. Your tone of voice. Yeah. A lot of times it's who said it. Okay. Plus <coughs> the person who said it. Yeah, absolutely. That goes to the, you know, the intimate part, right? You know, it right. really does need to be come from other people. I've had to learn that even as an adult. Yeah. That I have to, <coughs> when I'm reading the Bible or whatever, there's things that I should have probably already known. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I had to add something in. Sure. But the Lord has has gotten my attention that He wants He wants me to listen to Him and not just listen to everybody else. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know we can also say is the rebuke correct or incorrect. Sure. And I think of that because I hear all kinds of things about all kinds of things. In fact, today I went to the doctor and I had heard something. Uh, my One of my co-workers had told me and I've researched it online and, and I found some uh, some reference to it uh, in different areas. And I went to my doctor and asked him about it. He's like, I've never heard that. That doesn't, I, I don't, there aren't any studies showing that. Mm. There are no medical studies. And if you find one, you let me know. So it's a situation where, it, but the thing is, to me, that was a very, it was a serious medical uh, fact. <laughs> I'll put quotes around fact. That I would think my doctor would know that if it were true. Mm. It would be something he would have been briefed on. Because he's the kind of doctor that's always researching, always looking things, looking up things. See, if he had, if he didn't know it, I'm, that's you know that you have to consider your source. Yeah, I consider my doctors a wise, the the, the yeah. just rebuke. Yeah, yeah. So what I hear from those answers then is is who's doing it right, and that goes back to what Miss Polly said a little while ago. Really has a lot to do with who is doing the rebuking. Which, again, directly connects to uh, what I was saying about 20, verse 24, 26, that you know, we share kisses with intimate people. We like honesty be, to be shared by people who are intimate with us, right? If, I mean, here's an example for me. If, if, I get, um, if I get criticism from somebody who is at church every Sunday and who hears my preaching every week, that I preach, you know, and they offer some sort of critique or criticism or feedback to me, I'm much more likely to receive that than to someone who's a lot less consistent in coming to church. They come to church once a month or every couple months and they want to immediately offer me some criticism. I'm probably not going to take that as well because you're not typically here. So you're not, you know, hearing me. So that's an example for me is, is it might have to do with consistency of interaction with people, right? And whether or not you'll trust and, and appreciate their feedback. Um, so, so things like that, it definitely has a lot to do with who is doing the rebuking, whether or not to, you know if it's just or unjust. Um, the source that may be a person or yeah. not a person. may not be a piece of person. Sure. The source yeah. in general. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is it from, is it from YouTube or from medical journal? Yeah, there you journal? go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and in the age of information overload, that's a really important thing for us to consider, oh, right? Gotta, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. So easy. Yeah. And, of course, these are typically going to be more personal. If it's a rebuke to you or correction right. to you, it's going to be more personal or uh, contextual to your specific situation. Yeah. Right. You wasted words. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's that's really what the the um, second part of seventeen ten is getting to. So a rebuke for an understanding or wise person goes pretty deep, even deeper than a hundred lashes do to a fool, right? Um, and I and I think that you know obviously again there's metaphor there, but I think the implication there is is that a fool, you know, doesn't receive 
correction. And and again, it go it goes back to my my rambling earlier to to say that uh, we as people, fools, whether we're whether we're fools or whether we're just um, uh, uh, the the naive, right? Is another the other word that that proverbs use is for people who are still learning, right? They might do something that looks foolish, but you know there's some grace they're offered to them because they're still in the process of learning and experiencing life. <coughs> but if uh, we have to learn that, I mean, that's the foundation of wisdom, right? Is that we have to be able to hear well. I mean, that was that, that was first lesson that we, the second lesson we we taught on Proverbs is that we have to be, the the path to wisdom begins with being willing to receive, to hear, and that includes rebuke, that includes correction, um, it also just includes learning in general, right? Acknowledging that we are not where we need to be. <clears throat> and that is that is particularly hard to be on the other side of that, right? Offering correction, offering wisdom to someone who has not even gotten on the path to wisdom, which, you know, is, is a matter of receiving. And I, and I don't know what the Proverbs would say. It would seem that at times the Proverbs are implying, don't waste your time. At the same time... Um, we want to continue to to offer that to say, hey, wisdom says, you know, and I mean, I don't know if it looks like reminding you, reminding them, hey, again, this 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 particular twenty four twenty six, I wouldn't offer this to you, I wouldn't offer this feedback to you if it was if I didn't love you, um, and I and I, I want you to know that I want you to receive it as love from me, um, not not for spite or anything else, right? And and again, I mean it. We can hope that 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 they get off the path to foolishness and on the path to wisdom, but ultimately, it it, it that's what that is saying. The, the the one last week said something along the lines of, "If you can crush a fool in pest, a pestle in a mortar, right, and they still be foolish." <laughs> um, now again, I, I I like to say I, that is a that's a helpful proverb. I wouldn't take it too literally because I would say there's always hope for someone to get off the path path of foolishness and on the path to wisdom, but. It can be hard. And I know that we can't get cocky about the idea of being wise either. Because I had a situation one time where somebody that is wise. I've gotten I've gotten feedback from this person a lot of times. I grew up knowing them and respect their wisdom, but then they rebuked me one time and it was totally incorrect. Yeah. And and so even this wise person gave a fool's advice. Mm. <laughs> and it's just, so, so we have to watch that as, as we're seeking wisdom. Yeah. That's a, that's a pit, potential pitfall. Well, and we're all humans, so we all have the, the um, we all have the ability to make mistakes, even wise people, right? And maybe, right. maybe a wise person, maybe a mentor or someone in your life has offered feedback to you that, that maybe they didn't have all the information, right? And that looks like saying, well, actually, this is the whole situation. And, and maybe there can be some correction right. there. Um, and then, then there's almost a back and forth because then it's like, a, I'm rebuking your rebuke. <laughs> and will you be wise and accept my rebuke? <laughs> um, and again, that, that, that is a part of being human, right? That we don't always have all the information. So there certainly can come times where we, as people who are on the path to wisdom, um, which I think all of us in this room, I can say that about, we're on the path to wisdom. Um, that doesn't mean we're necessarily like enlightened people, 
but we are on the path to wisdom and we acknowledge that we are humans and that is a that is a key that even even our what we what we say in in the impression that we're being wise or that we're we're you know offering wisdom in our rebuking uh can um come back and and more information can be given and we can realize okay i was wrong about that that's okay um that's that's a big part of being a wise person as well as being able to admit you know even when when we are wrong well, let's look at this last proverb here, 1019. With lots of words comes wrongdoing, but the wise restrain their lips. And we've either read this proverb already or we've read one that was almost exactly like it. I can't remember. It was a couple weeks ago or three. It might have been a month ago, actually. Um, this, this proverb implies that the very quantity of words um, can produce wrongdoing. Um, why do you think that is? People have a tendency to ramble on I think part of this part of this proverb that I I feel like I want to again I, I think all the proverbs you know if we accept just as a blanket statement without understanding that they're general truths right which means there can be different things like again like flattery flattery sometimes can be you know good it's not necessarily negative intentions right it, it can be okay um, so it's not always a net but it, it often is I think the same could be said in this case right just because someone's a talkative person doesn't automatically mean that they're they're foolish. Now, now I think what the the proverb is saying is is that if we're because I mean there's personality types which which back when proverbs existed you know we didn't have all these different tools that teach us about introversion versus extroversion right an introvert is someone who's who is very quiet and reserved and, and to themselves whereas an extrovert is someone who's really talkative and outgoing. Um, right, that's that's not bad. That's that's a part of our personality a lot of times, um, but uh, but this maybe is a warning for people who are typically you know their personality leans more towards extroversion and and being outgoing and talking a lot. Is that that's fine? That is your personality, but just be aware that if you have no filter and if you develop no filter for what's running through your mind, you're going to say things that um, you don't mean that you haven't fully processed. And so you have to be aware of that. And so this becomes maybe a warning for some, for some people more, but it's not to say that all talkative people, like that's an automatic sign that they're a fool. It is a warning sign, right? If someone just sits there and talks and talks and talks and, and doesn't allow for other people to talk. Um, if they're having a supposed conversation with you and they're talking to you and you respond to them and they continue talking as if you didn't say anything, right? That, that's probably a sign of a foolish person, right? And so it can be a sign of a foolish person, but I just want to clarify to say that, you know, I have plenty of people in my life that are extroverted and they like to talk and they, they process out loud. That doesn't automatically mean they're foolish, right? It does mean that they have to be careful because a lot of times it, foolish things, wrongdoing can come out if we don't. Um, and so a part of wisdom is even if you're extroverted, 
Um, that means you're outgoing. You like to talk a lot. Even if you're that, that doesn't. Um, uh, you have to. You have to be aware that you need to learn how to restrain your lips at times. Right. Um, we've, we're learning really quickly that Vivian is a very extroverted person. Um, she seems to be very extroverted. She talks a lot, um, and she'll. We'll we'll tell her. You know, she 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 likes to ask for stuff. She, if she asks for something. She'll find new ways to ask for it, and a lot of times it won't be as a question. She'd be like, I think it would be cool if we did blah, 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 you know. <laughs> or if I take her into the grocery store, it's like, oh, I really like those after we've told her. And it's like, okay, you're suggesting now, which is another way of asking for that thing, right? And so um, we're trying to help her learn as an extroverted person that when something pops in your mind, make sure you have some processing that goes on before it just comes out your lips. Because there, there'll be plenty of times where she just something comes out of her mouth and she, or something starts to come out of her mouth and she'll stop herself. She's, she's starting to get at it. Um, she'll stop herself and she'll be like, I stopped myself. <laughs> she, she'll say that now. I'll st I stopped myself. And I'm like, you did, good job. And so that's clearly like kind of a sign that she's an extroverted person. She processes by talking. Some people process by talking. Some other people process just in their mind. They're a lot quieter, right? Um, and that's, that's, how, that's how I am. That's, and that's a personality type. That's not... We can wear that. We might want to wear that as a badge of honor, but really it's the way our brains are wired. Many of us are introverted as opposed to extroverted. But those who are extroverted have to learn that very difficult skill to not process every thought out loud because you can say a lot of hurtful things doing that, right? And a lot of people, I think what's really dangerous about it is a lot of people go to the other extreme and say, well, it's just my personality. And I just, I don't, you know, I just say things like it is. You ever heard anybody say that? I just say things like it is. And they, and it, they wear that as prideful, as a pride, like that. They're proud of that. I say it like it is. And absolutely, we need honesty. Absolutely, we we need people to to be straightforward. That's that's what this that's what the word honesty there in in uh, verse twenty six means. It's being straightforward. Absolutely, we need that. But we gotta we gotta hold that intention with Proverbs ten nineteen that says that doesn't mean you can just run wild and just say whatever's coming in your mind, right? Um, so we got to balance those. Yes, we want honesty. Yes, we want people to be straightforward. But that doesn't mean you can go around being hurtful and just and then put that label. Well, I'm just saying it like it is, right? Um, and so we got to be careful with that. Proverbs teaches us that um, lots of wrongdoing comes that way, right? Yeah, some people who talk a lot are, are um, I forget what the word is now. They're just uncomfortable, I guess. You say. Oh, yeah, Another yeah. Thing. They're insecure. Sure, yeah, maybe so, yeah. And they just keep on and on and on. And That's, it doesn't yeah. make sense sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, you have to be considerate of others. Yeah. And that's not being considerate yeah. of others. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that a sign of that would be if they're talking about themselves a lot and they're trying to build themselves up, mm -hmm. they probably are. They are probably dealing with some insecurities, right? Yeah, trying to make sure that you see them in a certain light, right? Absolutely, yeah, that's good. All right, well, like I always do, I have some self-reflection for us to take with this. Uh, it would seem that good words require some intentionality and planning. <clears throat> so what can we do this week to prepare yourself to produce good words? What can we do to prepare ourselves to produce good words? Um, and a lot of times those good words are, we're not... We're not planning out the thing that we're going to say directly, but we've got to we got to have an attitude 
prepared to say good words and respond positively. Um, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It takes commitment to prayer and humility um, and having a, having a pure heart out of the overflow, out of the abundance of the heart, our mouth will speak. So it's a lifetime of work, not just something we can do in this week, but what, can we, what steps can we take this week to produce good words? All right, well, let's pray. We'll be dismissed. Oh, man, I didn't realize I was five minutes late. Lord, we love you so much. We're thankful for this day. We're thankful for, uh, for your book um, of Proverbs um, that has been given to us. We ask that you would help us to receive it well, um, that we might be on the path to wisdom. We might grow as your people. Help us in our own interactions with those people who are unable to accept correction, those people who are unable to accept these good words that we know that you have for them. Help us, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.